Kevin Mondro here, Coach Dro, D-R-O. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast, the podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. Today, we are talking to Coach Carlos Adamson. Coach Los, as everyone calls him, is currently an assistant women's basketball coach for Coach Fred Castro at Eastern Michigan University. Check out episode seven with Coach Castro. He simply crushed it. Oh, by the way, I'm currently a co-worker with Coach Carlos. More on this after our conversation today. Coach Carlos was an absolute star in the state of Oklahoma girls basketball community. The head girls basketball coach at Putnam City West High School in Oklahoma City was the coach of the year in 2015 and 2018 and had an 81 and 20. That's right, 81 and 20 record during a four-year span. To those in Oklahoma, Coach Los is one of the most respected coaches on and off the basketball court. A tireless worker who a 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. day in the gym all day is a normal day. Plus, he is a gentleman off the court who is really funny, beyond humble, and truly cares about the players he coaches. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce so many new coaches to Coach Carlos Adamson. To me, there are not enough words to describe how good Coach Carlos is in individual development. At times, I literally rebound for him in complete awe. If I was any smarter, we'd already have a YouTube channel out of Coach Los's drills. Whereas Coach Los's ability to get his players to believe in him and themselves, to me, is his greatest skill. Los has this amazing way of motivating players. Again, I watch in awe every day. Coach Carlos is such a valuable assistant coach to Coach Fred Castro. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. The bigger audience we can create, the bigger impact we can make with younger coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Enough of Coach Dro. Let's get to Coach Carlos Adamson and tell his story. Carlos, why do you coach? To be honest, that's a really good question. The funny thing is, is when I coached high school, I actually, before our season started, the first thing we did was watch a video and it was, what's your why? Mm. I coach for my family. It's who I am. Basketball is who I am. So the fact that I found a profession in it, I'm, I would say I'm fortunate. I'm lucky. My wife, my kids, like that's my why. And every single year when I had my players watch the video, and then I had them write an essay and let me know what's their why, mm-hmm. my why would change immediately to their why. I, I learned a lot about my players, and it, it became a part of me. Like, it made me want to fight for them harder for whatever their why was. So I coach for my family and my players. That's really where my passion comes from. I wish everyone could come every day and watch you coach. Because it's incredible. It's just like blown away. And I've told you this for years. I've been so impressed with you, but now working with you for three weeks, I've never seen anything like it. And obviously we work for a great coach, but you are an elite assistant coach. Who were your coaching mentors? Honestly, I would say a lot of the people that's been a part of my life that's coached me, that's mentored me, Ben Hart, who was a legend in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. He was a father figure to me, probably one of the first coaches that really, you know, held me accountable and just challenged me to be a young man early. He knew my life situation and he took a lot of interest in me. He was a great mentor for me. My cousin that was 
a superstar at basketball. Like he he played NAI in Oklahoma, but he would score sixty points in a game. Mm. He was small in stature but big in heart. I just learned a lot from him. You know, those two guys is who stand out to me the most. But there's a lot of people along the way that I've looked and, and gotten stuff from. Been fortunate to be around a lot of really good coaches. So I just take bits and pieces from everybody and kind of make it my own. Yeah, that's great. So I just mentioned at the start, you've been coach with Coach Castro now here at Eastern Michigan with the women for a few years now. And I just started three weeks ago, like right off the start for men listening to this. Yes. What's the difference, if any, with coaching women? The easy answer is they listen. Mm-hmm. I, I felt in coaching men and guys. And you've um, done both. I've done both. They almost, at a certain age, they feel like they're better than you. And mm. They might know more than you in certain things, um, and they challenge, even if they don't know. Like they challenge a lot. For the girls, for me, in my experience, have been a lot more open to learning and learning from your perspective and kind of going with it. Um, as long as they trust you, it's been more of a. <laughs> that's a really good question, but I just think from the female side, I've gotten a lot more players that responded mm-hmm. to my style of coaching. It's just been a, a really good experience for me on my side. Well, I'll tell you what, just in three weeks for me, it's been an incredible experience. And I agree, the players are really receptive. Uh, they listen. I've just been blown away at how hard they work. Right. And I really feel like I've almost, like a slap in, their, in the women's basketball industry that I haven't been more of an advocate or realized like, just like how incredible this is. Because, you know, coaching is coaching. And I've truly learned this firsthand right now. Like, this isn't some incredible basketball every day that I'm involved with. Right. But like your appreciation for the women's game, when do you think it really started to grow for you? I hate to say this, but I was really one of those guys that a uh, female's not going to beat me playing basketball. Right. I became an advocate when I actually started training them. Mm-hmm. I trained them with guys. I did a lot of co-ed training and to see their level of intensity, physicality, their IQ, and that they could hold up in any drill, whether it was competition or just, you know, one-on-no, the skill set is there. They're not as athletic as guys, mm-hmm. but the skill set is definitely there. And it was just my level of appreciation was early. Just when I realized, man, these these kids can play. Hey, you can tell. So one of the things I love about you is your ability to communicate. The ability to communicate with your players to me has just been amazing. Like you're direct, but not demeaning. Much more direct than I, like, again, I just had like, all. <laughs> I just came over the women's side. I didn't realize like you and Coach Castro, Coach Katie, you guys are very direct, not demeaning. Get your point across. It's very serious. It's high level intensity. Like, how did you develop your own coaching style? I think. Just being a coach that would have wanted to coach me is is really something that is crazy to hear you say that because I don't look at myself the way a lot of people do. But I've heard this before, and I just feel like it starts off the court more than anything. Right. I really I think when you put wins and losses before actual people, you have a struggle in getting people to do what you need them to do or want them to do. And for me, it's I really want to know who my players are. Like kind of what makes them tick, what kind of makes them go, the good and bad things in their life outside of basketball. Not just on the girl side, but on the boy side as well. When a player knows that you genuinely care about them yeah. outside of the sport, it's amazing the relationship that you develop and the things that they'll do for you and the things that you'll do for them. So I think once you develop that relationship, now I can be direct mm-hmm. and I can tell you truth and you don't take it as I'm just being me because you know who I am. Mm -hmm. You know why I'm saying it. Mm -hmm. So 
when you know where I'm coming from and the place that I'm coming from, you take it completely different because you know I genuinely care about you and I'm not trying to embarrass you or demean you or anything. Like, I just want your best and I know that you're not giving me your best. So we need to talk about that. So for me, it's simple as just developing a relationship, like actually taking the time to develop a relationship and not rushing it, not being ingenuine or any of that. I just think you have to be genuine with them because, I mean, especially at our level, we're in college. Like, they know if you're real or not. So before you got to Eastern Michigan, and obviously crushing it here as an assistant coach, you were the head coach at Putnam City West High School in Oklahoma City. I feel like as your vacation in Oklahoma, I hear it so much in the office between you and Coach Castro. Obviously, deep roots in Oklahoma. Right. So you're the coach of the year in 2015 and 18 in the state. I mean, you look at your record, 81 and 20, state runner up in 2018. You know, also coached in, in Florida, very successful. Like, how much being a head coach at the high school level prepared you to be a college assistant coach? I think a ton, to be honest with you. My ability to adapt to my players, adjust to, to different people, to be able to lead, to organize to make a commitment to something like it's just a lot of different things that you have to do as a high school head coach a lot of boxes you got to check off and things that you have to do you have to be a bus driver and all type of stuff fundraiser I think just that part of it helps a lot I've learned a ton since I've been on the college side just you know different things that you know will help me continue to grow as a coach but the experience is irreplaceable like just what I've been through and what I've seen the situations I've been in the moments I've been a part of it definitely has helped a lot yeah and I can see just a few times even coaching against you when I just look down there I'm like oh man like I just think about like all the experiences you had as a head coach it's almost invaluable and it's just incredible like when you look at that record though and you had so many young ladies go to college for high school coaches out there like and maybe starting a program or struggling in a program like what are some things that you would encourage them to do well first is you have to be surrounded by people that's as committed as you are and at the high school level because the talent level kind of fluctuates is different you have to early on establish what your culture is and I took over a program in Oklahoma that it won one game the year before and the following season won 20 plus game same schedule same everything wow but it's for me it's believing in your kids even when they don't believe in themselves and <laughs> being an underdog growing up as a player myself like that was easy like mm -hmm. it's easy to see people look at the size of a player and like, ah, you pass on that. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just motivated me to be a certain way and kind of act a certain way. So I know what my culture was going to be. And I wanted to be surrounded with players like that. So I have 5 a.m.s because the regular player that just wants to come have fun and hang out with her friends is not waking up at 5 a.m. to work out. So you kind of trim fat. Yeah, for sure. 5 a.m. Yeah, you would have yeah. trimmed me off your staff coach, but just getting there that early. So obviously just getting in the gym, working, committed to culture. Yes, sir. You ever think about at night, just like all the players that played for you going to college? I do. I do. I really had. I've been blessed to be around really good players. I've never felt like it was because of me. I just felt like it was, you know, I was a, a part of something special. I kind of pushed them in a certain direction, but I've been blessed to be around a lot of really good players that in neighborhoods that I've been a part of, mm -hmm. um, just to be honest, you know, they necessarily didn't see this side of the world, mm -hmm. college, right. uh, career, right. you know, so yeah. to actually just show them something different and show them how we could use basketball mm -hmm. as a platform 
It's powerful. To, to yeah. get something different and be something different in life and just show them something different. Like that part is more important than just, hey, she went to college. Like they actually have careers and, you know, families now and, and stuff like that. So it's, I've been blessed to be a part of that. So you have this successful high school career, get acknowledged, obviously, by Coach Castro. It's incredible when you think about how he believed in you. Mm-hmm. What has it been like so far working for Coach Castro? To be honest with you, he's, he's almost the opposite of me mm-hmm. as far as you know how he approaches the game. And it has been absolutely the biggest blessing mm-hmm. to my career. I don't say it to him enough, but his attention to detail and how he breaks stuff down and explains it and organizes it. And, and it's just, he simplifies the game. Yeah, for sure. He really simplifies the game. And it's <laughs> it's something that I know that I lack. Mm-hmm. So being around this program for, you know, going on my fourth year, it's been a blessing to me just because it was a big hole in my coaching. Yeah. As far as just being able to explain attention to detail. One of the things that I've been just really, really impressed with is uh, I once heard Rick Pitino say like he didn't let his assistant coaches when they did a scouting report have any notes on the floor. Like they had to know everything by heart. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that just blows me away is I have to like write out four or five things that I, I want to try to do with the position I'm coaching. Like I never see you looking at any notes. I've never, I've just, ne- and then like, it's not like these drills are just like drills. These are incredible high level drills that transfer over. How do you coach with no notes? It's a gift and a curse. It's an amazing gift. I've forgotten so much good <laughs> stuff. Like <laughs> it's, I've forgotten so much good stuff, man, that I, I actually hate it. And I tell myself all the time, okay, write that down. Mm-hmm. Uh, video that. I got to be able to come back to that. But I think it's kind of what makes my drills good is because I improvise so much, mm-hmm. like literally in the middle of a drill, as they're going through it, I'm already thinking of, man, can I add this to it? And does it take away from what I'm trying to teach them? And I just build off of that. And sometimes I remember to come back to it. And then sometimes I just, I forget a great drill. Yeah. So I, I, it's a gift and a curse. Like I, I really feed off my players and how they are. And I'll just kind of go with it. High reps for coaches that love cones. Like where did you just come with the appreciation of cone work? Like I even see you working your son out here at night with the cones and your daughter. Like I would encourage coaches to reach out to you because it's incredible. Like where did that all come about? I really wasn't big on cones, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um, I was that coach that, all right, now when the cones start moving, (laughs) what are you going to do? Like, you know, I, I just think sometimes you can kind of overdo it, but it came, it, it really started with me when I would have a workout, mm-hmm. say it's a 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. and you have two people show up. I wanted to make a point that I didn't care if two people were here mm-hmm. or 10 people were here. Mm-hmm. We were going to get the same work in. Mm-hmm. We're going to get a great workout in no matter who's here. So that cone is my defender. That right. cone is the spin move we need to make or the pass we need to drop. So the cones for me personally was no matter who's here. If it's just me and you, we're going to figure this out. Like, mm. We don't need 15 people here or 10 people or five. Wow. We're going to figure out how to work. So that's kind of where my cone stuff came in. So you live in the gym, individual development. I just, oh, it's so good. And I think it's one of the things that's at the core of you as a, an assistant coach. And you get players better. You talked about connecting with these players. But like for younger coaches, what would be some keys in it for individual development? I think taking a pride in what you're not good at is 
more what I'm gearing my workouts to now. Like so many times people come in the gym and they want to work on what they want to work on. I think when it comes to skill development, it's really closing the holes in your game. So if I'm not good with my left, okay, you'll never see me do a drill on the right side and then don't go to the left side. Mm. Um, I think it's so important to develop both. It just, it advances your game, you know? So when it comes to skill development, the, the biggest thing I would say is just making sure that you're closing holes in your game. Start, work on stuff that, you know, you're not comfortable with. And when you become comfortable with that, keep pushing the envelope. Like if, if it was up to you, would you be in a gym all day if there was no rules? <laughs> now, am I married or am I not married? <laughs> well, I'm keeping you away yeah. from your wife right now. But like, let's say <laughs> I couldn't only imagine your high school program, how you guys practice. Then you just like never stopped. <laughs> yeah, this this college thing is crazy. But um, <laughs> no, honestly, <laughs> coming to college, like it really became a blessing in disguise for me and my family mm -hmm. because I was spending tons of time in the gym mm. with everybody else's kids. Mm. And when I came to college, I was allowed to, as you say, work out with my son now. Yeah. Just him. Mm -hmm. And that means the world to him. Right. You know what I mean? When it's not everybody else gets a piece of that. Like whether he says it or not, I know how he feels. I know how my daughter feels. Right. They just get just me just rebounding for just them. Yeah. So that part of it was a blessing. But, yeah, I would literally go to the gym. I would have a 5 a.m. workout with my team. They would get showered up, and I was literally would not coming home till 930. Wow. I would go high school practice. Then I would go AAU travel practice. And then I'm in there with the kids that want to stay extra. It, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, you live the game. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, your passion. All right, let's two things, and we'll get you out of here. You breathe defense. Like <laughs> – I don't even mess with you on the defense because I know your defense and I almost feel like I'm saying the wrong thing. But like your former players in high school talked about it like this 94 feet of aggression. Yes. What is defense to you? It's a mentality. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it's, it's actually a mentality. Like when you watch videos, social media and everything that comes out, it's always offensive stuff. Right. Everything that. It gets put out. It's offensive stuff. And I just feel like for my players at the high school level, for them to gain an edge, if they're not as talented, they're not as great shooters, they're not as great ball handlers, how do you get a college coach to recognize you? Mm. And they want a kid that plays hard. They want a kid that does stuff that everybody doesn't want to do. And if there's a good player on the other team, like how do we deal with her? Mm -hmm. Right. Do we have a defense where everybody has to try to stop this kid? Yeah. Or do I got a kid that in her heart and her mind, her mentality is that kid ain't getting 30 tonight. Right. And our culture, like, it's just what, like, that's how I built our culture. I didn't want to, I think players would like to play with freedom. So I didn't want to, you know, joystick my players on mm -hmm. the offensive end. I want you to have freedom down there to play. But defensively, if we do this, I'm going to let you do whatever you want down there. Like we'll have a system and we'll run our stuff, but you can you can be free as long as we don't give up nothing on this end. So I think our culture was we're going to come out and we're going to start every single practice with defensive drills every single day. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to build on. That's what we're going to build our culture around. And I just felt like you can intimidate teams early. Yeah. Because not everybody wants to play defense. For younger coaches, I mean, you watch a ton of film. I, I, I've never been in your office. If you're not working recruiting, you're, you're watching film. How do younger coaches zero in on defense? It's, it's just a simple mindset of if they can't score, they can't win. 
So if I'm if I'm making it hard for you to get a basket, and then with that being said, you have to have really good ball handlers, really good passers, really high IQ players to be able to beat good pressure defense and tough players at that. And if we have players that are making the game just hard for you and wearing you down and making you fatigue mm-hmm. for 30 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I just think it's hard to play the game. So it, like I said, it was just our culture and our players loved it. Yeah. They love playing hard against teams. They yeah. love scoring 80 plus points because the defense and then the other stuff would come and it would just snowball when you wear teams down. So it was just who we were. I think it's awesome. I always have this belief. It's just my personal belief that like high school coaches become usually transition to the game of recruiting really easily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, and just watching you a little bit, I think you're an elite recruiter. And obviously if you look at the Eastern roster, you've played a big part in helping some of these young ladies come here without talking about the specifics or like a whole NCAA rule thing, like for younger coaches, men or women's side, like what are some simple keys that you try to zero in on recruiting? Well, at first that was my biggest stress is how am I going to do this recruiting thing? Like, I know basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, I know who he wants me to be. He wants me to come in and he wants me to set the tone defensively. And he wants me to establish that culture. Check, check, check. Yes. <laughs> he wants me to do those things. He wants me to come to practice and have energy and make sure that I have, I give my players energy. Another check. The recruiting was my biggest stress. Like, how am I going to do this? Like, I'm good with kids that I know. Mm-hmm. But kids that I don't know mm-hmm. not so much I'm more laid back more quiet like I'm not that type of person so, same way yeah yeah I'm, you know so that part was kind of stressing me a little bit but then I realized like what my players liked about me the most and it was just I was me mm. like I don't take myself serious mm-hmm. at all mm. You know, like I know how to laugh. Mm-hmm. I know how to have a good time. Right. You know, I have five kids, so yeah. I know the latest shoes. I know the I know the latest music. Like I'm <laughs> I'm a hip dad for sure. So when I get on the phone with a recruit, like I just take that stress away mm-hmm. and I just be me. Mm-hmm. They either gonna like me or they're not. And if they don't like me, then we know to put another coach on them or whatever the case may be. But you know, for the most part. I think we want kids to play for us that has a sense of humor that can be coachable on and off the court and and just have a personality of some sort. So once I start doing that, I realize, hey, you know, this is not that bad. Right. You know? And it just kind of went from there. And, and <laughs> the funny thing is, like, they actually think I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> They, well, you're a lot cooler than me, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they're right on. That's pretty cool, just being you. So your son's developing into a future Division One player, and I, and I know. Your daughter's really well thought of at her age group. Like, how do you balance coaching them and being a parent? And this is probably just for all parents out there. Well, first, first thing is I have an amazing wife. Mm. I mean, amazing. Yeah. Um, it's one thing to support what I do. Yeah, but she really supports mm-hmm. what I do. Like I don't have to come home to where you been, right? Why you been there so long? Like she gets it. Mm. She's the wife that hey, how we looking? How's it? <laughs> how's the team looking? Like are, are we? Is right. this the year? Is this our year? Like she's one of those. Yeah, and that allows me to really just come here and have fun. Mm-hmm. To know that I have that type of back and that type of support, my kids they get it also. You know. And they they trust that dad's going to put them around people that 
are going to push them just like I would. Mm-hmm. So they have some amazing coaches around them. You know, some guys that really put the time and energy into their program like I would. And I appreciate that. And I have to step back sometimes and say, man, you know, I don't know everything. Right. And I'm not the greatest coach, no matter how many people want to tell me that. <laughs> I know I'm not the greatest. So I allow them to be coached by other people, mm-hmm. but I don't miss anything. Mm-hmm. Like there's not going to be a hey, dad's tired. I'm not going like whatever they have going on. If I'm available to be there, I'm there no mm-hmm. matter what happens, no matter what I got going on. So that they give me a little leniency when I can't be at certain things because yeah. they know I don't just miss. If I got to go catch 15 minutes, they know dad's going to catch the last 15 minutes. So that gives me a little leeway. But for the most part, like, today when i'm done with this i'll have a little time to you know hang out catch my breath and then i'm right watching them practice or whatever the case may be and i'm not that overbearing parent either i'll just sit back and let that coach do his thing so that's a great answer that's great parents perspective i wish i could (laughs) i gotta use some of this write some of this great knowledge down so i always end the podcast where what are some and this is generated for younger coaches Mm -hmm. what are some simple tips for younger coaches invest I invested in my players. I invested in my program. I invest in what I believe in. Sacrifice. Like, it's not always going to come out how you planned it. I've had some really, really talented players over the years. I've played in, man, five state championships. Wow. I've won one. Mm -hmm. Health is a big deal. Mm. I've had some really, really, really good players get hurt at crucial moments in their career. And I said that to say this. It's not always about the wins and losses. Right. My championship year might have been my worst year of coaching. The relationships I've built over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a ex-player text me just yesterday um, just about a life decision as far as coaching or going to go play overseas or, you know, just some issues that she was having. Like those relationships are more important to me than anything. But you don't get to that point if you're not invested and you putting the win over the, the program or the player or you know, that sort of thing. So just invest in your program, you know, sacrifice for your players and yourself and your your program are two things that just kind of stand out to me the most time. Like if you don't, you know, I had a cousin that told me early on, he had just graduated college. He's got a job that he hated. And he said, whatever you do, like make sure you're waking up and doing what you love to do every day. And mm-hmm. I know I've heard that before somewhere, but coming from him. Yeah. It meant a lot. So if you truly love it, like, give it your all, you know. I'm not up here just to try to show off. Right. Like, I actually love being here and being yeah. around my players and, and developing and watching growth and all of that stuff. So just take your time and truly love and put the love into it. Well, I'm going to let you get back to your family, your wife, and your your wonderful children and get to a practice. I'm sure you're heading right now. But when I started this, and I, I don't even know if you remember, I emailed you back in June. I'm like, Los, I got to tell your story. You're like, ah. I'm like, no, man, listen. Like, I've watched it for years. Uh, when I was on the men's head, you're on the women. I just thought you were a tremendous coach. And now working with you and feeling it and just, you know, I'm just blown away every day. Inspired, elite level coach. I don't care, men's, women's, whatever. You can coach. But I just love how you connect with your players and you you bring that passion to the floor. So I just, you know, I just felt like it was in my heart, but I knew it was the right thing to just just advocate you. And I, and I, and I think a lot of coaches will hear you today and become better because of hearing you. So I really appreciate your time and wishing you the best, man. Uh, Drew, I do want to say this. 
I know you did reach out to me over the summer and, and you talked about this and I had no idea it was this big of a deal, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm actually blown away myself, but I, I really do want to say thank you and I appreciate this. Like it, it means more than you know. Just the fact that you asked me what's my why earlier and one thing that I didn't say that has been one of my biggest things my whole life is to be appreciated. And whether I take it as, yeah, I know you should have interview me like mm. whether I look at it like that or not to be appreciated I think everybody wants some sort of appreciation when they put their heart into something and for you to take this time with me personally and to even say the things just saying or even want to hear my story like I appreciate it like I, I really honestly do appreciate it because not everybody looks out the same lens you know so to have somebody that coached on the men's side at the college level and to have appreciation for what I do like is a really big deal like it's not like I'm just some little high school coach <laughs> that won a couple of games it's like you're a men's coach at the college level division one that's telling me that man you see this in me so I really appreciate that it means that I'm halfway doing something right so I just want to say thank you I want to thank you for your time oh, and, man. and this whole setup it's my pleasure, and I, I'm looking forward to the journey this year and, and following your lead and Coach Castro's. You guys are helping me grow every day as a person, as a parent. But I really, really believe when people hear this, and I, I'm a big thinker for other people, and I think this is just like us. You've had some great chapters, great high school chapter, a great college assistant chapter, but you're going to be a you're going to be a big time head coach on the women's side, and uh, or maybe back even on the men. But wherever you go, you're going to be a, a successful collegiate coach, and uh, I'm really, really looking forward to watching you know the rest of your journey i really appreciate it and thank you for what you did for my son i must say that <laughs> all good los i got you my friend <laughs> thank you that was a great conversation with coach carlos adamson right off the bat what is your why coach los said his family and his players are the reason that he coaches i felt it i know that you did too you can't make this up his high school team won one game the year before he took over the team the next season they won 20 games his reasoning why he coaches with cones so incredible when you hear his reason i love how coach carlos was so vulnerable in terms of admitting that recruiting was initially a stress for him yes coach you are one cool coach coach los's thoughts on defense makes you want to sit down in a stance and check up finally i love his comments in regards to his wife and his children. Selfishly, I'm so excited to have him in my son's life this season. On a personal note, we've spent countless hours away from this podcast talking about how Coach Los coaches women, especially at the D1 level. Currently, I am having a ton of fun. Honestly, the most fun I've had in coaching in a really, really long time. The players that Fred Castro has on his current roster work. And I mean work from the opening minute of practice to the very last second. These young ladies practice, practice, and practice. It is surreal. And talk about competing. I have simply never seen anything like it. Coaches truly can coach. Coaches can coach at every level. And coaches can coach on both the men and women's side. To the women's basketball coaching community, I am sorry it took me this long to realize that statement thank you coach carlos for sharing your story and showing me the way subscribe rate and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening we are everywhere follow tell me your story coach on instagram at tell me your story coach follow tell me your story coach on twitter at coach kevin Drow. 
connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Stay safe, be you, keep coaching, and see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast.